Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Peter Choi. I'm a student at Brown University uh, studying music, and you are listening to Feminist Sonic Futures. Uh, it's a podcast uh, written by students in the class Music 1240S, which is a feminism and sound studies class uh, at Brown University. Um, what you just heard was an excerpt from a beatboxer named Ashley Chang, who I had the pleasure of interviewing um, a few days ago. Um, Ashley is a very talented beatboxer um, and has been beatboxing for a couple years now. Um, and I apologize um, in advance for the bad audio quality in places. Um, the call was recorded over Zoom and my internet connection was not great. And <laughs> So some parts got a little bit choppy, but um, here is that now. Yeah, okay, awesome. So um, why don't you introduce yourself <laughs> one more time, take two. Okay, hi, my name is Ashley and I'm a freshman at Brown University and I am majoring in applied math and English. Cool. And so you're a beatboxer. Um, mm -hmm. And this is like a pretty niche talent or skill. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering, um, like, what was your introduction to beatboxing? Like, where did you like, first hear about it? Or like how, like, how did you get into it? That kind of thing. So my first introduction to beatboxing was like, I just would see random people who could do beatboxing. I can't remember how good or bad it was back in the day, but I remember thinking it was so cool when I was like in high school. And so then I like watched a few YouTube videos and then they were not helpful, but I watched them. And, um, and then I would just keep practicing um, beatboxing. Like I was supposed to do all these like history readings for like AP US history. And I remember I would like beatbox at the same time and it's not very good for my academics. Um, I know because I saw my grades afterwards, but um, it was, <laughs> I would just do a lot of things like that. And I would also go on lots of walks and do beatboxing, which now I realize like a lot of people probably stared at me, but I didn't care at the time. And I think the idea was that I just had to spend like it, for me at least, I learned beatboxing like really slowly. And it would take me like months to learn like each sound. And I could only learn for whatever reason, like one at a time. Um, and so then I would just do that until I came to college. And even now. That's awesome. Um, so like, I guess, would you say that, yes, so, so would you say that like the primary motivation for learning was because like it was like a cool thing that you saw other people doing and that was kind of yeah. good. Okay. I, yeah, I did think it was like a cool thing that I saw other people doing. It was also like just the way to fill dead space for mm -hmm. me at least. Yeah, cool. Do you have any like particular like videos or people that you watched that you like found particularly inspirational in the beginning? Or was it kind of just like random uh, like viral videos and things like that? It was like very random. Actually, actually no. When I first um, learned beatboxing, I thought that Charlie Puth, yeah, um, because he could hum and beatbox at the same time. And that blew my mind. I was like, ah. Um, which now I realize is not always the most novel thing. But like at the time, <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. This man is like Billboard Hot 100, like number one 
single artist that came out wrong. But he did. I was like, um, and he, I was like, wow. So that, I was like inspired by that. I think I was also low-key inspired because what he did didn't seem like terribly hard. So it's like, I feel like if I worked hard enough, I could do that. Versus some beatboxers are like, um, at a certain level where like sometimes watching them is too aspirational. It's like watching Bill Gates like talk about his salary and be like, oh yeah, one day I can also do the same. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. So I guess you talked about beatbox as like a way to fill dead space. Mm-hmm. Is that like, I guess now that you're a more, how long exactly have you been beatboxing now? Uh, I started sophomore year of high school. Okay, so a couple of years now. Um, so yeah, now that you're like much more along in your, I guess, beatboxing uh, career, like, is that still like the aspect of beatboxing that you like the most? Like, what exactly is like the draw now of beatboxing? Because now, I, like, I definitely as an observer of beatbox, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's like super cool, but as like an actual performer of beatbox, I feel like there's different. Um, aspects aspects of it that um are interesting to me at least so i was wondering if it was similar for you or or not um one of the things that i really about beatboxing to me this idea of like spontaneous sound making in like a way that's more than just like screaming or i guess people could do singing but that's like a little different um and i guess that i one of the things i think i really still also just like it for the idea of feeling um, dead space. And I feel like beatboxing is one of those things where if you do it for long enough, it feels weird to not do it, to like not be bored and beatbox. And like at like at a certain point, sometimes I don't really think a lot about like how important beatboxing is to me, or even though I guess it really is, just like it was, it's just something I do all the time. It's just like a habit of life. And I guess I take it for granted. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I was in that place for a really long time um because yeah it's like it just like becomes a thing that you do all the time and you like Mm. it's like eating or breathing or sleeping it's Mm -hmm. just 24 7 um okay so i don't know how much you know about like the competitive beatbox scene or anything Mm -hmm. um but there's definitely some sort of like uh stigmas and uh i guess predispositions against Mm-hmm. female beatboxers like oh female beatboxers only sing or like you know they don't do any like really complex things or they can't do all these fancy bass sounds mm-hmm. stuff like that so i guess like in your experience as a female beatboxer and so you also do acapella mm-hmm. um and you beatbox for an acapella group uh, all female acapella group at brown um so like as a as a female beatboxer do you feel disadvantaged in any way um either in terms of like respect, like the respect that people give you or like being able to make certain sounds or like general stigma, or do you not feel that? Um, I guess I'm interested in your experience. I mean, one of the things I have realized like about female beatboxing that I think is like pretty obvious to everyone is like, there's a lot less of them. And I feel like a lot of like opinions people have about female beatboxers come like very inherently from the fact that if you have like a pool of 100 and like a pool of, I don't know, 20, and you choose like the best people out of like the pool of 100 or 20, um, the kind of things that people end up choosing to do is very different. And I also feel like eventually, one of the things that also happened is like I went back um, 
like a month ago or something and I looked at like old videos of beatboxers and like they're not as good as they are now because it's like very much like a rapidly improving field and it's like the same for female beatboxers and male beatboxers and I think what's going happening right now is that like male beatboxers are on this curve and female beatboxers are a few years behind the curve but I think eventually it's going to converge very rapidly because already you can kind of see like beatboxing styles aren't improving as quickly as they once were before. Um, mm -hmm. Just because, you know, there, there's only like a certain level of novelty that we can introduce quickly. Um, so like one of the things that I think about like female beatboxing is I also don't think that it's stigmatized per se. I do think sometimes it is less accessible. Like if a girl were like, oh, I want to learn how to do beatboxing, it would take a long time. It took me like three years to like, in some ways, like learn really basic sounds. And I think a part of it is very much like grounded in persistence. But I think another is just that like in general, beatboxing is one of those things where it can be either like really hard or really easy for a person to learn, um, depending on like the context they have, how quickly they like pick up the intuitions of things. And so I think at the end of the day, like the way I see it is like, I don't think anyone will look down upon like girls for beatboxing, at least from what I know. Like, I know that like some people will think it, like beatboxing is weird, but I think like mm -hmm, those yeah. people will just think that like universally. Um, but at the same time, I also think that um, there might be less resources available um, just because of the environment that there is. But that is not to say that things are going to change soon because you can already kind of like tell by like looking at the media and stuff. Yeah, I think that's really interesting thinking about, yeah, just like looking at sort of the historical trends in beatboxing. Like I totally agree that it does seem like the sort of innovation is starting to level out and people are really developing their own independent styles a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, I think, I think accessibility is a huge part of it. Um, I guess this is just me now sort of um, like theorizing, I guess. Do you think it has maybe anything to do like on a, on a society wide uh, basis? Like, do you think that there's more stigma or like inaccessibility towards female beatboxing because of sort of the it's like very loud and uh aggressive kind of it's like you're very much like yeah you're like taking up sonic space right mm -hmm. like especially like when i hear you beatbox i'm like wow like ashley beatbox is so loud <laughs> which is great right like in acapella setting that's awesome and just generally that's that's awesome. But yeah, like, do you think like maybe some of that like lack of accessibility or maybe like uh, younger, like female potential beatboxers, maybe some of their barrier to, to access is that, you know, they don't want to be seen as being like too loud or because um, I feel like there is. I, I feel like it's like a really complicated thing to talk about because I don't want to straight up say something like, oh, because beatboxing is loud, like women don't want to do it. Just because like, I remember like reading articles where they're like, women, no, don't want to be bossy because there's like society saying that. And I was like, society saying something is like a very abstract concept by like all means. And one of the things that I think about beatboxing is it's not something people pick up just because, um, you know, like it's very hard to just wake up and be able to like do beatboxing. And instead, it's one of those things that needs to be incentivized to learn. 
whether or not it's because people are like exceptionally bored or they just have this like great desire in them to learn how to beatbox or there's like a lot of different factors that go into it beatboxing is something that you don't learn without wanting to learn it and the idea i think isn't that um people are told that they shouldn't beatbox it's that um especially for girls in general there just feels like less of a reason to learn and i think a real big reason why is i think for lots of girls it's hard to see them being a beatboxer um for guys i think it's easier but i think for girls it's just like harder to like in your head see yourself like in a few months or like maybe even a few weeks just like being a beatboxer like that that because and because it's so hard to visualize it because there are so few female beatboxers and they're like the amount of girls who beatbox, like just like in any particular community is so small. Um, the idea happens to be that like, it's so hard to like incentivize to want to beatbox because wanting to beatbox is almost like wanting to be something that you can't imagine yourself being. And so there doesn't really end up being a reason to be something like that. And so I don't think it's really tied to the idea that um, beatboxing takes up a lot of sound. That's the issue, but more so like if, women are not beatboxing that much. It's just because there aren't that many women that are beatboxing. And it's kind of a self-perpetuating cycle that hopefully in time, like the only real solution is just more girls beatbox. Um, and I think like that's what's going on. It's also not like any particular person's fault. It's just person to like really be famous for beatboxing was like a guy. And then afterwards, you know, most of the people who were famous for beatboxing after him for like the next few decades were guys. And that is not to say that, um, and no one ever said that girls can't and there are like you know famous female beatboxers as well but the idea happens just to be that um that's how we think of it in our head because that's how it started and there's nothing wrong with it um like how beatboxing started it's just the idea is like now moving forward people just need to have like a better sense of perspective yeah no i feel like that's really insightful so i yeah so basically it's just like a matter in your opinion i guess of representation right rather than of like uh, like social pressures and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally feel that. Cool. Um, that's awesome. I really appreciate this, obviously. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. Hope you're doing well. Okay. Hope you're doing you're well, too. So the rest of this podcast um, is going to be pretty free form um a little bit stream of consciousness i think but the main focus of uh, what i'll be talking about is beatbox um and gender um so i guess specifically the ways in which um gender plays a role in the beatbox community um specifically in the united states scene but also looking at um a little bit at the more international scene, so the UK, um, and also just global scene generally. Um, so to connect sort of this whole concept to um, some readings that we've done, um, Pamela Z, in her article, A Tool uh, is a Tool is a Tool, um, talks about how it, uh, from her observation, um, women have been much more comfortable and much more acclaimed, um, like critically acclaimed uh, than men have been for using their voices um, in experimental ways. And so while uh, in terms of electronic music composers, the average person might not be able to name many um, 
female composers, um, the tool that women uh, historically have been uh, acclaimed for is the voice, um, more so than men. Um, she also talks about how the uh, voice as an instrument is a concept that she uh, has to defend often, um, which I think is really interesting, um, especially since I think there's a lot of interesting comparisons to be made between the beatbox scene and the rock scene, which is talked about um, in a lot of the other readings. Um, so according to Ashley um, from the interview, uh, it seems like for her, representation is the key issue um, when it comes to sort of the barrier to entry um, for women in the scene. And I think that from my experience in beatboxing competitively in the United States national competitions, um, this has been true. There's definitely less representation. Um, the U.S. is actually one of very few countries that doesn't segregate its national championships into a men and women's um, competition. But uh, to my knowledge, there have not been any female U.S. champions, um, and there have never been more than one or two that qualify in the top 16, if there's any at all. Um, and so it's definitely true that, at least in the American scene, there's very little representation, um, which is interesting considering, I would say, at least 30 to 40% of attendees at a beatbox event are actually women. Um, this is kind of just anecdotal evidence. Um, I don't really have statistics to support that, but from my experience, there have been much more women present, um, just onlookers and sort of bystanders, like casual beatboxers per se, um, than are actually represented on the stage. Um, another, I think, really important uh, thing to talk about when it comes to the beatbox community is the difference between the in-person and online communities. Um, lots of people in the scene the online scene, I guess, um, are sort of bedroom beatboxers who have never left <laughs> their bedrooms in the sense that they don't go to in-person events. Um, they haven't like seen live beatboxing really. And so, um, you know, they kind of watch YouTube videos and comment, um, based on their, their research of beatbox, um, rather than their experience of beatbox. Um, and there's lots of men online that make very like technical comments. So basically, you know, like flexing their knowledge. Um, and the effect of that is almost universally to disparage um, a beatboxer. So for example, if a video of two beatboxers goes up, um, you know, everybody always has their own opinions about who wins, who sh or who should have won, um, or who shouldn't have won. But overwhelmingly, when there's a woman present in the, the competition, there will be a handful of comments, a, a large number actually of comments, um, that will say things like, you know, oh, feminism is big nowadays, and anything that is contrary is considered sexist, so the girl has to win. 
or uh you know oh like she was really good but you know if it was a guy doing those same beats uh the other person like would have won um things that are not necessarily true um a lot of times they'll back up these statements with very like technical like oh like her flow was not consistent in this part and this part and the beat that she used here was uh like a copy of somebody else's beat or um they they get very like technical in their descriptions but it's all sort of for the same purpose of putting down um a specific beatboxer or person um so there's a really interesting TED talk actually by a female beatboxer named Grace Savage, who's UK two-time uh, like doubles champion uh, and solo champion. She's also a musician, um, has her own like touring show that she did for a while. Um, and in her TED talk, she talks about you know how you know she's thick skin, and so the internet comments don't really hurt her, but you know, after a while they start to, to pile up and there's just so many comments that trivialize and doubt her accomplishments on the merits of her being a woman, um, a woman. And, uh, you know, she has been referred to in battles, uh, as a bitch or, um, her and her partner as being posh girls fucking up the game. And so in many senses, uh, they're different ways that uh men try to gatekeep uh access to this space with this sort of like technical information as well as just putting down um up-and-coming talent and something that ashley brought up that was i think really important is the the growth of beatbox um historically um, it's a relatively new art f uh, art form and so has been growing explosively um and because of the lack of representation of women initially uh the rate at which the um, men yeah the rate at which the male scene has uh sort of developed has been just slightly accelerated uh, as compared to the women's scene but for sure uh women have been closing that gap from a technical perspective as well as a creative um, and like originality perspective um, and yeah so another I think really good example of sort of the type of treatment that female beatboxers experience in the competitive scene um, is with Kayla Malady who's also a world champion um, of the women's division and back a couple years ago she was competing in the american champs and won several highly contentious rounds against very popular uh, male beatboxers and it sparked a ton of internet hate and you know she would do shout out videos and people would be commenting on her appearance being like oh she's so creepy she's like staring at me in the camera when it's kind of like a a norm honestly for people to look kind of weird when they're beatboxing but people would always point out specifically things about um, her appearance or they would point to specific very high-pitched characteristic sounds of hers um, that as like annoying or you know oh she can't do any bass like her 
high, all she can do is these really annoying high sounds. All she does is sing. Um, that's another big thing. I think women, there's a stereotype in the beatbox community generally about women beatboxers, and that's that they don't beatbox well, but they sing really well. And so I've definitely seen sort of the thing that Pamela Z was talking about in her article about women being acclaimed for the tool that, you know, they've historically been acclaimed for, which is the voice, like singing. But um, the common refrain is, you know, yeah, yeah, she's a great singer, but this is a beatbox competition, not a singing competition, um, which I think is very narrow-minded. And also just kind of hypocritical um, because I think recently there's been a huge shift towards musicality and beatbox away from sort of the technical uh, side of things. Um, and so there are beatboxers who have millions of views on YouTube and um, social media that have made themselves famous by basically singing with a very, very simple beat in the background. Um, and these people are loved basically universally by beatboxers and non-beatboxers alike. Um, and so I think it's really interesting how women have in beatbox have kind of been relegated to this like one sort of stereotype of singing um, and kind of ridiculed and uh, trivialized for that. But as soon as trends start shifting towards that way you know they're kind of relegated again to the sidelines and the men are brought to the forefront for um uh just for being praised for their musicality which i think is really interesting um to connect things i guess to another reading um there was a cohen reading called men making a scene um i've been referring to uh, the beatbox community as a scene a lot of times, and I think that that is an apt way of uh, referring to them. And I think that separating the online and in-person scene is important, uh, an important distinction. Um, Cohen talks a lot about different physical barriers to access, as well as sort of gatekeeping um, that keep women out of rock. Uh, which I think can apply as well to keeping women out of the beatbox community. Um, there's the same kind of like physical restrictions of the events being held uh, late at night in kind of seedy Brooklyn warehouses, um, for example. Um, kind of just like unfriendly places for women generally. Um, and there's also the sort of cultivation of connoisseurship that Cohen talks about. So rather than like album collecting or like tracing genealogies, it's more like, what videos have you watched? What beats can you copy? Um, which beatboxers can you identify? Um, how many competitions have you been to? And so um, there's definitely this kind of gatekeeping that exists. Um, but I do think that it is potentially an easier space to access than, say, rock. Um, so Baton, in her uh, chapter on women and the electric guitar, talked about how there was a physical barrier to access in learning guitar um, 
in terms of the shape of the guitar might uh, be less conducive for a woman's body or you know you might have to cut your nails and for a young girl that might be pose a problem or things like that um, but for beatboxing there isn't really like a physical restriction on who can learn to beatbox um, recently butterscotch who is a uh, amazing beatboxer uh, world champion female beatboxer she did a wired interview about 13 levels of beatbox which went viral and in it you know she kind of walks through the probably first three four years of what like a beatboxer aspiring beatboxer would go through when they're learning um and physically you know she does admit that based on length of vocal cords and things like that there are certain things that she's better at or worse at than say, uh, a person with longer or like deeper voice um but on the whole like she comes out at the end of the video with a very holistic musical performance um and so i think she's one of she and kayla Milady are in my opinion the two sort of like front runners of promoting and like being a good role model for women in the scene um in any case i think that the issue is definitely with representation um but that's not the sole um issue um, there's still ways in this very like specific niche community that women are excluded um, especially online but in person as well um, uh, where women are made to feel inferior or unwelcome and this obviously extends into the world of hip-hop at large um, there are tons of songs with really misogynistic lyrics um, and hip-hop culture can at times be fairly misogynistic um, but I think the lack of role models in beatbox specifically is what has been holding the community back um, the world championships like I said are segregated um, other big uh, competitions and tournaments there are almost never women qualifiers um, and yeah in the US there are just no high-level competitive female beatboxers um, even though the number of female beatboxers is probably much higher than um, what you might uh, be led to believe but as the technical gap like continues to close um, and more women just naturally end up being represented in the beatbox population um, it's my opinion that the beatbox community is going to need to start more carefully examining its interpersonal practices um, to cultivate a culture, a scene, <laughs> I guess, that is inclusive, um, that is not misogynistic, that separates itself from a lot of the uh, flaws of the hip-hop communities um, it's derived from. But I think that sort of the ubiquitousness of beatbox, the sort of unique ability that um, 
it has to be performed by anyone. Um, I think that has a lot of potential to um, move the art form in a really positive direction um, in the future. But yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to send us out with some clips, uh, audio clips of Kayla Milady, who, again, is the uh, female world champion. Um, but yeah, this has been Feminisonic Features. Thanks for listening. Shout out to them. Swiss beatbox, them and Paponi, them. Coming from them, America, them. Kill them, lady, them. Every single time, like we got, we got, but they pull me, blink me, we got.